Oh, it's you. Um, well, shall we pray? Dear Lord, Lord, open our hearts this morning to remind us of your love. Lord, open our lips and our mouths will declare your praise. Lord, open our eyes that we can see your glory and you, of you in others. And Lord, open their eyes that others may see you in us. Lord, open our lives that we may at all times be aware of your presence. I pray, Lord, that the words I've prepared this morning will instruct us and nourish us, nourish our hearts and minds in love for you. Amen. So, we've said it lots of times, today is Palm Sunday. And it's the time we remember Jesus' tri triumphal entry into Jerusalem. And, and it's the beginning of the Passion Week. And this is actually one of the events that is recorded in all four Gospels. As you know, quite a lot of things aren't, but in this one, it's, it's all there. And in John's Gospel, we read how the crowd got to know that Jesus was on his way. And they took palm branches and they rushed out to meet him and they were waving them and shouting, Hosanna! As it says in the Bible, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. Now, Margaret and I have just come back. We've been very lucky. We've just come back from Australia. And we've been out there for seven weeks visiting our daughter who lives in Perth. And we've got three granddaughters there. So we're very blessed, really. We've actually got three grandchildren in England as well. So we're never quite in the right place. But... <laughs> We, we manage and have managed, my, our daughter's been there for nearly nine, 19 years now, and we have managed, luckily, to be able to go out and see her quite frequently. Um, and it's a lovely place. Uh, the climate is wonderful, of course, and she lives in Perth, which is a city on the western side of Australia, and, and it has been voted this year the, the best city in, in Australia to live in. And I think almost it's, gonna, it's got to be one of the best cities in the world. It's certainly the climate is extraordinary. Averaging well over the 30s all the time. Um, so we came back to quite cold weather in, in relation. In Australia, they, it gets down to about 25 and they're all putting sweaters on and coats and things and moaning about how cold it is. But uh, at any rate, it's a we had a lovely time. And it, it's actually quite, Australia is quite a secular um, country in some senses but there are places where the churches they've got churches and, and actually many of them the Holy Spirit's really driving driving on and it's they're really wonderful um, churches and we go to one called the West City Church we've been there both this time and, and the last time we went year, two years ago we uh, discovered it and it's the sort of church that I suppose most cities would want. It's full up, absolutely stuffed full, and it has people of all ages going right through from the children, right through to elderly people. So it's a, and it's a very, very vibrant church with the Holy Spirit certainly there. Um, and 
you know, we've much enjoyed going there. And this time they've got two, or particularly one young man who, who is one of the pastors there, who's brilliant uh, orator. And he's also a man of great conscience, so he, he champions various various things and then gets himself arrested and <laughs> he's quite quite a character really. But also in in um, Perth there is an absolutely beautiful park called King's Park. It's we're told the biggest park actually in a big city. And it's a beautiful place. It's got a lot of wild bushland as well as cultivated areas. And as you go out of Kings Park, one of the routes out, because it has roads that run through it as well, one of the parts you actually look, wonderful panorama, because it, uh, Perth has a, um, a river going through it called the Swan River, and it has also the, the main downtown city that you can see all this from the park, and you look down and it's a, an extraordinary panorama. But one of the roads out of the park going to a, one of the exits to a little park they call Subiaca has beautiful palm trees, absolutely wonderful palm trees, all the way down either side of the road. And each palm tree at the base of it, it's got a little plaque. And each one represents somebody from Australia that was killed in the First World War. So they've got plaques for each soldier, where they were killed, etc. But if you look at it, I mean, the, the palms are really beautiful. And this, you may wonder why I'm doing a selling job for Australia, but actually this is where I'm coming to. The fact is the palm tree is quite an extraordinary tree. And it's quite beautiful and it's quite distinct and it's certainly in a class of its own. It's different from almost any other tree. Um, looking into it, apparently it can produce very large crops. So it's quite a a productive tree. One palm tree apparently can produce 150 kilos of dates annually. So that's a lot of boxes of dates from one tree. And it also, if the, some of the palm trees are used for palm oil, and, and it also they produce more palm oil per hectare, so more produce, than any other oil-producing plant. And this tree, the, the palm tree, has always been associated with Palestine. And there's a wonderful description utilising that of the children of God, which you get in Revelation 9. And I'll read it to you. After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. Wonderful, wonderful thought, isn't it? They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. The palm is a special tree, and it's an important tree. You read in Psalm 92, the righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. And if we look at the palm tree, we can see several characteristics about it that we could define as being qualities of a Christian and a Christian life. 
So what is it that we could look in a palm tree and see? Firstly, the palm tree has a strong and flexible trunk. Now we know that whenever we see on television storms and things and hurricanes, almost always there's pictures of palm trees because it's the one thing which you can see the real effect of the wind. It's bending over. Um, and it's, you know, you see it swaying violently, but it's really, really taking the wind. And you see, most trees, if they're faced with this type of wind, would uproot. Or they split, or boughs would come down. They can't withstand these sorts of winds. But this is like the Christian life. During our lives, we all meet lots of storms. But Jesus is, in our life, does allow us to weather them. So we're allowed to weather like the storm. The winds blow, we flex. We do not uproot from Jesus. We do not split or break because we're safe in his arms. And we roll out our problems to the Lord and we know that we are safe. Unlike other trees, if you study the, tree, the trunk of a palm, many palm trees, you can see there are bands around it. I can remember as a child, there were two things that I really liked drawing. One of them was ocean liners, and I think in those days it was the time of the £10 POM, where you paid £10 and you got on a, a ship and sailed to Australia. Um, and I used to draw these big ocean liners. And the other thing I used to draw was palm trees, for some strange reason. And I used to start at the bottom and I put these bands in and one on top of another, right up to the top. And this is all part of the palm's growing trees, growing process. The bands are around the trees and they break as the tree starts to grow. Other trees don't have these bands. I mean, if you put something tight around a tree, like a washing line or something like that, you find that give it a while, it starts sinking. If, you, if it's not cut off, it starts sinking into the bark, it right actually into the, the tree itself. With the palm tree, it's got these bands around and they break. So the help, with the help of God, we're able to break the bands of sin around us and not let them sink in, sink into us. So we don't need to be bound by these bands of sins. Look what it says in Romans 6 I've got here. Dead to sin, alive in Christ. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We died to sin. How can we live, it, live in it any longer? For we know that our old self was crucified with him and that the body of sin might be done away with. God makes profound changes in our lives as we grow in faith. He breaks these suffocating bands of sin. He gives us victory over the bands of sin through our Lord Jesus Christ. So that's another thing that the palm tree can show you. The palm tree apparently cannot be grafted. You can't graft anything on like you can with a lot of other trees. If you try to do this, it normally kills the tree. Again, it shows us that the palm tree is different. And Christians should be different distinctive from the world. People should see a difference in us. 
So a Christian can't be grafted as such to the world. Any attempt to graft a Christian to the world would kill off his testimony and it stops him being a beacon for Christ. It just erodes his influence. And this stance is exhorted in Romans 12, how we should live. We should be a living sacrifice, a beacon. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of the world. So no grafting. Just like the palm tree, we should not be grafted to the world. Our Christian life must not be killed off by the world's influences. Influences that are usually selfish and, of course, corrupting. It pro is probably wise to make such worldly behaviour as a simply off-limits. If we refuse to conform to worldly values, we must graft ourselves to our Lord and pray that the Holy Spirit assists us, which he does, in resisting worldly things and transform our minds away from these influences. So, no grafting to the world. The palm tree makes lousy wood for burning. It's never been used for fuel for cooking. You'd never be able to buy a big bag full of palm, palm trunks to cook it, to put it in your fire. It doesn't burn like ordinary woods. A real child of God is even better than a palm. He wasn't burned at all. There's no fires in hell for him. They will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. Another thing, the palm tree grows in the desert. Hot sand, and you suddenly see a palm tree growing out of it. Again, another example of a remarkable tree. Palm trees not only grow in this environment, but they actually flourish. They flourish by having their roots that go well down deep into the sand. And for us to flourish, we need to be deep into God. The depth of our relationship with God is really down to us. We have to live a Christ-like life. Paul's letter to the Galatians, we find in chapter 2, is a lovely description. I've been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith, the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And he did all that for us. God looks at us as though we have also died with Christ, no more condemnation. Our roots have gone deep. We have become one with him. Our Christian life began when we died to our old life and stopped being grafted to the world. We have to crucify regularly our sinful desires to keep us deeply rooted in Jesus. And we know that to deepen our relationship with God, we have to pray ceasingly. 
without, un, without ceasing. They say in Thessalonians, be joyful always. And we try to do that. Pray continually. And give thanks. I think this is a I think this is always something that's worth remembering, to give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Our Christianity is not about dying, it's about growth and flourishing. We have been crucified with Jesus, but we've also been raised with him. We're not alone, for Jesus lives in us. He is our power for living and our hope for the future. Palm trees that are growing together, they provide more shade. They're a refuge, an oasis. So gathering together as Christians within a church, like we do here, is an oasis. We can meet and share uh, our strengths with one another in the Lord. Anti-Christian forces are growing, which we all know, and these they need when the need for meeting together actually has never more never been more important. So house groups, regular church attendance, all those things are ways of us bringing together this oasis, this protection. We can all provide shade, support and protection for our fellow Christians. And in Hebrews 10, we're exhorted. It exhorts us to persevere with our faith. And this is the other important thing. Let us, not ho let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who, who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing. But let us encourage one another. So it's a simple message. The palm tree can tell us much. Its trunk is strong and flexible and it can't be blown over. Its roots are deep, deep in the ground just as our relationship with God should be. It breaks the bands of constriction, just as we can break the bands of sin, and God does that. It can't be burnt, and neither can a child of God. It cannot be grafted, or it will kill it. So, so would it do to us if we graft to the world? Palm trees growing together provide shade and protection just as Christians' meetings benefit us. And last of all, the palm tree is evergreen, which is a symbol of immortality. The believing child of God will never die. He has everlasting God, life. And we know that from John 3:16, the favourite. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Amen.